Hey guys, welcome back to Kindled. Thank you so much for listening today. I have a conversation for you that I got to have with Constance Mendoza on becoming all things to all people that I think you will really enjoy. So we are getting close to the end of the season here and after today only have two more regular season episodes of Kindled, which is crazy. And then I will have a summer surprise for you. But I do want to remind you that I will continue to publish new content weekly inside the Firestarters community. If you'd like to join us, it's 10 bucks a month. That goes to supporting this ministry, helping me to continue doing what I'm doing. And uh, you receive a exclusive episode every Friday inside Firestarters. It is in a completely separate app from the normal podcast. It's on an app called Locals so that it is, um, you know, it's a membership based community where you can log in, you can listen to all the content there and I would love to see you in there. So if you want to join that before uh, I disappear here from the podcast feed for a couple months, you can do so at kindlepodcast.locals.com. Other than that, I mean, that's all I have. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Haley.kindled and kindled.haley as I'll still be somewhat active on there over the summer, although probably um, quite a bit less. And I guess that's it. So here is my conversation today with Constance Mendoza. So today on Kindle, I'm chatting with Constance. Constance, thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So before we hop in, why don't you tell listeners who you are and what you do? Um, well, my name is Constance Mendoza now, just got married, um, and I am the, uh, I guess you could say the blogger behind, I don't want to go like founder or create, but I blog at truthandfire.com, started the blog back in 2015, um, and since then a lot of opportunities by God's grace have come my way, and that had led to my being in a couple of installments of the American Gospel series, uh, mm-hmm. American Gospel of Christ Alone and American Gospel of Christ Crucified. Um, and so that has definitely brought in my platform and that led to my uh, starting Truth and Fire, the podcast, getting involved with the Bar Network, um, getting involved with Pyrolethos, which is a nonprofit um, that focuses on conservative Christian views. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, doing a little bit of everything and nothing at all. <laughs> I totally feel that. That's so Jack cool. of all trades, master of none kind of thing. <laughs> okay, that is right up my alley too. Um, so I am curious because I remember seeing you in those, in those movies. How did that come about? Like, what was your, I, cause yeah. I, it's been a couple of years since I've seen mm-hmm. them. So can you remind me how that all happened or, or what yeah, was your involvement? It's, it's yeah. So I, um, had done, I think around the second year, of the blog, I did an anniversary post where I kind of reflected on where I'd come from um, faith-wise and realized that uh, men like T.D. Jakes and Joe Austin were false teachers. Mm-hmm. And so I did an article on them. And then the director, uh, Brandon Kimber of um, the uh, American Gospel series, he, he read that piece. And I think he had gotten wind of my blog after the, it went viral after writing about Lecrae. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there we connected, he asked if I wanted to be involved, to just share my testimony. I'm like, sure. I had no idea who was involved with it. I didn't know what it was going to do yeah. or what it was going to be. I just thought it was, would be a great opportunity to share, um, you know, another opportunity to tell people to stay away from those men. Um, but had no idea it would do what it did and it would reach the people that it's reached. And, yeah. um, God has been really good in that way. So, um, yeah, I was invited to come back, um, a second time because the first time um, my interview encompassed a lot of information. And so it kind of 
you know, fell under the category of the second um, installment. And so I was invited back for that. And yeah, so that's so cool. <laughs> I love that. I did not know that it was um, kind of your blog article that got that yeah. traction originally. That's yeah. really cool. It's yeah, really cool. Yeah. I feel like blogging has taken, I, I mean, you know, with Instagram and micro blogging and that whole world, it's like, People have stopped doing it, but then now I think what's happening is people are almost desiring more depth than Instagram provides. So now it's like shifting right. back to back to the blog. Yeah, I I need more than just ten slides. Ten slides is not yeah. enough, you know. Which yeah. I feel all the time. I'm like, I would need like thirty slides to even begin. Oh yeah, I could just write a blog. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's silly, but um, but yeah, I think it's it's really beneficial to to do you know do some in depth pieces like that. So yeah. yeah, I don't think I've read your piece on the cray. I'm gonna have to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it got me in a little trouble. I didn't expect uh, oh. any of the smoke, as the kids say. I didn't expect any of that backlash. I just, mm. I, I remember seeing him at a, I forget which award show. I think it was the BET Awards or something. And he got an, an award for mm-hmm. uh, best Christian or best gospel artist or something like that. And he made a speech about just wanting to be an inspiration. And he began to like shout out all, all of these secular artists and how he wanted to be like, you know, outcast and Lauren Hill. I'm like, mm. you are like an ambassador of the gospel. Why are you, you know what I mean? Why are you, yeah. I, I understand, like it kind of ties into what we're, we're, we're going into today about, yeah. you know, being all things to all people, but it was like, wait a minute, hold on. Um, right. And um, I just began to do a little research because I had noticed he was moving a little bit away from the more reformed Christian rhetoric, if you will. Um, And he became more secular in his speech. And so I figured like something is really up with this guy, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with the whole, you know, what is it? Not wanting the Christian label kind of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, for me, I'll just, I'll just say, I love how big this word is deconstructed. I'm like falling away. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, is he falling away? And so I did some research and I really, it's funny what you find when you really look into the things that these people say in interviews. And, Mm -hmm. um, I don't really care too much, you know, from a blog standpoint about what they're doing in their personal lives. Um, of course I care as as a Christian, but I mean, as far as the things that I'm going to write about, I have no bearing on that. That's between them and their, you know, their church and their family and things like that. Mm -hmm. But the things that you say publicly for me are what I'm like, hold on now. And so um, I just noticed that he would do interviews and he would get clear opportunities for the gospel. He would not share it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was just driving me insane. So that made me do some digging. and And I just found out all these elements to him. And I ended up doing a six, six part blog post. It, I didn't I had time, but I didn't intend for it to be that at first. Um, And I just wrote and I guess people could tell the passion that I had. And it really came from a place of being disappointed and hurt and concerned for him. Yeah. But it came across as, you know, being judgmental to some people being, you know, you know, uh, a slanderer or gossip or whatever. And Mm. nothing I said, if people read it with a sober mind, they know I didn't. Yeah. And again, if you're evaluating the things he said publicly, those are fair game. Exactly. To be an influential person. Like when I am criticized for anything I say publicly, I don't go, well, you're slandering me. No, no, they (laughs) have the right to evaluate my words because I am speaking publicly. Publicly. I'm speaking uh, to a large audience Mm -hmm. and therefore I need to be held accountable. Like, yeah, and we, and and that's what I was trying to explain because it was, there was a concern as a believer, but also as a consumer of what he was saying, you know what I mean? And just, just kind of filtering all of that through God's word and just realizing that a lot of things just didn't add up. So yeah, yeah. man. Um, have you listened to Daryl and Virgil's latest episode? 
I'm not. No. Okay. No. What are they? You're going to love today? that. They talk about <laughs> Lecrae for about an hour. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it's, it's on the, the topic is evangelical deconstructionism mm. and they use him as kind of a case study of these are, uh, he was, he was one of, and it probably still is one of the biggest, loudest, most influential Christian voices calling yeah. people to deconstruct. And so they yeah. really, they really like exposit the idea of deconstruction and they go all the way through, you know, back to Genesis three and, and Satan asking Eve, did God really them. say, you know, I just love them so much. I they're, love, I love they are like I love my, how- my favorite. I, I I wish I had the time and the discipline to do what they do. Um, I, do and I, I probably do have the time. It's just less so the discipline, but right. I love that they actually show the biblical aspect of, you know, what, yes. what we're dealing with. We know deconstruction. We know, you know, mm-hmm. we can kind of discern what's going on, but to actually show how through scripture, this process yeah. plays out. I think that's pretty cool. So I will definitely it make is. sure I listen to that. Yeah. yeah. You're going to love it. I think it's like <laughs> over two hours, but it's, it's a fun one. I, I, I might have to listen twice and I, I don't usually listen twice, but this yeah. is a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So getting into our topic, you mentioned it, we are going to talk about the idea of becoming all things to all people. And this idea might be familiar to people because it actually comes from scripture. And so I think it might actually be helpful um, since, you know, as Daryl and Virgil say, context is key. We cannot Mm -hmm. read scripture without the context for us to actually look at the context of this verse before we start talking about what does it mean and, you know, unpacking and talking about different situations where it's being misused. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's actually just dive in. So um, okay. So first Corinthians nine is a letter from Paul to the Corinthian church. Mm-hmm. And, um, he is talking about in chapter nine, surrendering rights. Mm-hmm. So the verse in question is 22. I wonder where we should start here. Um, do you want to start in at the beginning of, of chapter nine? It's not a very, I mean, it's only 25 verses. Okay, so I see. Uh, okay, so I'm reading from the New King James Version. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay, so he says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this Do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife as do, uh, uh, sorry, as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas, or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Whoever goes to war at, sorry, whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat its fruit or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock. So did you want to keep going further down? Yep. Sure. I can take over. Okay. Um, is that what you meant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> yes. All right. Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? And this, this is ESV just by the okay. way. So okay. there'll be a little difference <laughs> for it is written in the law of Moses. You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake. It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much? If we reap material things from you, if others share this rightful claim on you, do we do not, we even more, nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. 
Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of these of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as that in preaching, that in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Mm -hmm. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wealth wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I'm sorry. I meant to say like, oh, I can take over here. Oh, I can take oh, over here. Sorry. <laughs> sorry oh, you're that. good. You're, you're fine. fine. <laughs> um, man, that's so powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just love how he explains that. Um, mm-hmm. so the idea that we, that we saw there near the end of in verse 22, becoming all things to all people. I'm glad we read that because it, it helps us to see at the outset what is meant by that particular verse in the context of what we're, what Paul is writing. Do you, um, what do you want to say in regards to this? Like, is there anything that stood out to you from this section? I think for me, um, just how he speaks of, I I do have rights. I do. He acknowledges the rights that he actually has um, as a believer, especially so as an apostle. Um, But it seems that there's some pushback in that, you know, we know that with Paul's work, he, you know, he did his own thing. He was a tent maker and he didn't take anything from, at least he didn't, you know, demand it from anyone. I'll put it that way. And though he had the right to it as, as um, you know, someone working for the Lord. And so I I love how he actually says, oh no, don't like my friends would say, don't get it twisted. I have rights, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. so that I don't put a stumbling block before anyone for the sake of the gospel, I will not impose upon those rights. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a lesson that all of us should keep in mind as Christians, because especially as American Christians, we tend to, you know, we're going to go to our constitution and we're going to talk about what rights we have. And, and I do think Mm -hmm. it is important for us to recognize what those rights are um, and to exercise them as they are, as it is appropriate to do. But I think sometimes we might lean too heavily Mm -hmm. on the aspect of having the right and not looking at you know, well, how, how would my 
uh, becoming all things or submitting in this situation helped me further the gospel. So, yeah. I'm going to interrupt this episode to tell you about our first sponsor of today, and that is a new book from Very Good Creations. The book is called The First Week. The First Week is the beginning of a series of biblical and historical adventures of a young boy named Christian traveling throughout time to witness God's truth unfold. Follow the story of Christian, this five-year-old boy, as he travels back to witness God's creation under the protection of an angel. This book is perfect for children ages two to six, but it's good for early readers as well. The book is great because it actually breaks down creation in a way that your child's mind can understand and comprehend, and it will help you answer some of those tough questions about creation. Go to verygoodcreations.com and use the promo code Haley20 to receive 20% off your whole cart at checkout. Verygoodcreations.com and use the promo code Haley 20 for 20% off. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that, that side of um, this conversation where he talks about his, his rights and how he's surrendering rights for the sake of the gospel so that he would win souls basically. But then he also, you know, talks about um, I loved in, um, you know, verse 19, where he says that I am free from all, but I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. And then he's, he explains how, you know, to the Jews, I became as a, as a Jew in order to win Jews and to those under the law, I became as one under the law, mm-hmm. even though I'm not under the law, I'm under Christ, you know? Right. And, and, and so what we see there is that what he, what he means by that, his motivation there is the goal is to win people to the truth, to, mm-hmm. um, to not change what is true to win people to what is true. So he's not changing God's standard. He is seeking to communicate God's standard clearly to those who might not understand it Mm -hmm. in the way that he does, you know, because for him, he's been saved. He is, he has a transformed heart and mind. He's been made new. He can see clearly what man's state is outside of Christ and what man's state is inside of Christ. And so he sees Mm -hmm. that and he can move towards someone who's outside of Christ and say, look, I know what it is to be mm-hmm. under wrath. Here's where you are. And I was there too. And I was or there. Mm-hmm. to the one under the law. Look, I know what it is to live by the law and seek mm-hmm. to be made right by my good works. Mm-hmm. That won't get you there either. Right. And mm-hmm. so he, he is able to communicate to all these different groups of people because he, and that's what he's talking about when he says I became, um, or sorry. Um, when he says, um, becoming all things to all people. I have become all things to all people. It does not literally mean that he has permanently changed who he is or what mm-hmm. he believes. Or what he believes, or, yeah. Right. Or the, the, the gospel itself, right. In order to appeal to the person, we're not changing the gospel, right? We are communicating the gospel in a way that is winning to someone, mm-hmm. understanding where they are. And, and I mm-hmm. said this before we started recording, like, I think of just how I talk to my kids about these things. Yep. I don't, you know, I don't sit down and use the biggest word I possibly can. For instance, like I, I have talked to my kids about sanctification. What does it mean to be sanctified? But when I'm talking to them about that, I start out and say, you know, it's kind of like you uh, learn how to ride a bike. And at first you're really shaky and you're not very good at it, but the more mm-hmm. you ride, the longer you are, you are a bike rider, the better mm-hmm. of a bike rider you become. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's, 
it's not a perfect example, but, uh, but <laughs> to explain to them the concept that, yeah, you know, there's the, the work that happens in the life of a Christian is, is God is growing us and he is making us mm-hmm. more like him. And we are, we are growing ever more towards Christ. And mm-hmm. so I don't hop into that conversation and go sanctification. You need to know what it is. You know what I mean? It's right, like, right. I, I explain it to them in a way that makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I me think becoming it's, all yeah. things to all people, right? That's yeah. Meeting people where they are and then building them up to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think a good example of this for those teachers out there, I'm a teacher. And one thing I have to do is um, we have this strategy called gradual release of responsibility. And so basically we, we introduce the lesson. We, we, you know, demonstrate the concept in some way to the student, and then we work with them on it. And then from there, we um, give them the opportunity to work together. And then after that, they, you know, do independent work. And so just the idea of how to, I'm not saying that being all things to all people is the gradual release of responsibility. My point is just getting into, um, uh, get, just meeting people where they are, getting them to understand it. And then after that, you know, it's, it's just more like discipleship. As as they begin to grow in the word and grow in the Lord, they can Mm -hmm. then probably um, read the Bible for themselves, of course. Um, But then also, you know, what did Paul say to the Corinthians once he says, you know, by now you should be teachers, you should be this, you should be that, you know. So part of being all things to all people is to just get in the beginning of, you know, get them where they are as far as either an unbeliever or a, you know, immature or new believer, and then just moving them up so that they can eventually move on and share the gospel as well. Um, and then I think it's also the dynamic of being rooted in love. Um, if you have that motivation of wanting to see people know the Lord and to not only, um, come to Christ, but to grow in him, to mature in him, um, you, you're gonna, you know, of course you want to do things God's way, but you're going to do what is necessary from a biblical standpoint to show them the truth. You're not going to just, you know, hammer something in there, you know, at the end. And then walk away, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I told you the truth, you know, mic drop. <laughs> so, so how do we know that Paul is not saying in this verse that we should shape shift as Christians and, you know, basically become exactly like the people we want to reach, right? Like missionary right. dating, you know, I mean, you ever, <laughs> you've heard that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm going to save him. So I'm just going to like, if I just hang out with his friends, then I will be able to share with him because he'll trust me and he'll like me and he'll know that I love him. And then I'll be able to, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of people I think who with good intentions, Mm -hmm. they, they think that what, and maybe they're not familiar with this verse, but they have this idea or they've maybe been told by their pastor who is familiar with this verse Mm -hmm. that basically like the, the mission of the Christian is just to love everybody no matter what. And love means you know, don't make anyone feel bad. Don't hurt anyone's feelings. You know, Jesus is just here to be your buddy and your best friend and your boyfriend. And, you know, like that sort of a, a right. an attitude where we become all things by basically becoming a puddle of, you know, everything soup that is yeah. whatever conglomeration of the people we're around or the beliefs that they have. And we just kind of Oh yeah. You know, there's grace for that. There's grace for that. Jesus covers right, that right. the blood of Jesus, you know, and, and, right. and we've got no message that we're actually sharing. Right. Right. And I How think I, that's I, not what he meant. I think that, I think you just pointed to a key element is, are you sharing the message? Are you truly in the position to share the message? I would say also that those opportunities tend to come organically. 
Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there is that temptation, especially when you're either like, you know, a new believer and you're in your cage stage or, you know, who's someone who's maybe a little bit more, uh, full of head knowledge. There's that tendency to want to like force conversations and force, you know, um, opportunities, if you will. But if we just kind of sit still and as Paul uh, says, to just sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. And, you know, so when that opportunity comes, we can just, it just flows from us. Um, I think about the example, I think it's an Acts when Timothy has to be circumcised to go preach to the Jews, but then you turn around in Galatians and then you have Peter, like, you know, playing the hypocrite, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, the yeah, circumcision party. And it's fun. that's such yeah. a, such an interesting dynamic, but in that case, the whole point of Timothy um, getting circumcised so that he wouldn't be an offense to the Jews so that he can present the gospel. Whereas, you know, Peter is undermining the gospel um, or out of, he was out of step with the gospel because he wouldn't fellowship with the Gentiles because he, yeah. his motivation was to please man. So mm-hmm. I think that there, it really boils down to, of course, the individual and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we have to, de- to determine where they are with that. But I think mm-hmm. some clear indications would be do you, do you find yourself participating in the sins of the individuals that you're trying to reach? Um, I've seen, especially for example, with the concept of missionary dating, a lot of young ladies will do that and end up sleeping with the guy. Um, will probably, you know, not go to church as often because she's still trying to prove to him that, I don't know, maybe she feels like she has to trick him to go to church. So, so that he's mm-hmm. thrown off her scent, she'll go yeah. elsewhere. You know, it's like weird. So when you start to compromise your own beliefs and you start to sin in your quest to save a soul, that's mm-hmm. what you need to get out. <laughs> like you yeah. need to just stop the madness, but um, you know, being a teacher and teaching in mostly um, environments where, you know, it will be described as, you know, um, underserved or underprivileged or whatever the case might be going into those um, environments, coming from that background, coming from communities that didn't have a lot, I can identify with those students. And so it's mm-hmm. just organically coming out by God's grace. I'm a believer. And so my being a believer just works its way out of just the experiences the Lord has um, saw fit, you know, through his providence and sovereignty to place me in. So I can actually talk to individuals who grew up, you know, I don't know what, getting food stamps or um, being homeless for forever, whatever length of time. So I can talk to those students. So they see me as a teacher. Some of them may see me, you know, coming in, knowing that I'm a Christian, but when I'm having these conversations with them, they're like, oh, she actually gets it. Ah." And so that way I can Mm -hmm. actually have those conversations. So I think a lot of people should probably just look at what's organically around them and just find ways to, I don't want to say find ways, but just to um, be more cognizant of the opportunities that the Lord has already placed before them, as opposed to trying to go out to like that, like that youth pastor that wants to be relevant to the, you know, so he has to go out and get a certain right. haircut and wear a certain, you know, type of jean right. and it's like, bruh. <laughs> so yeah. I just think it should be organic and they should check to make sure that you're not participating in sin or condoning sin in the process. The next sponsor I want to let you know about is my friend Sue with Plexus Products. Now, I've been using these products for about six months to help with my gut health. I'm using their vitamins, their daily adult vitamins, their microbiome, um, their microbiome for kids that helps with gut flora and helping our kids stay healthy, especially in these sick winter and spring months. I'm using their Slim Packets, which have been really helpful in my weight loss journey. Um, I'm also using their Carb Blocker now, which I will take if I'm going to have a really carb-heavy meal. 
Uh, I just really enjoy the products that Plexus makes, and Sue is offering Kindle listeners 10% off welcome pack orders, plus a cute free Plexus water bottle. She's also going to give you some one-on-one coaching to help you reach your health goals, whatever that may be, whether it is getting better sleep, um, helping with anxiety, or maybe if you're on a weight loss journey like I am, whatever it may be, reach out to Sue, ask her what they have that might be helpful to you. Um, And maybe like me, you too will be surprised by how much you really enjoy and benefit from Plexus products. Text Sue at... 231-920-5993. Or you can DM her on Instagram at seven in the woods. That is number, the number seven in the woods on Instagram. So text her 231-920-5993 or DM her on Insta at seven in the woods. Yep. That's great. I think those are great tips um, to keep in mind as you're evaluating, like, am I doing that? Because Mm -hmm. it's certainly, it's certainly something that can be easy. I mean, even in friendships with women, like I I think that's, that's another big area that, um, you know, uh, young moms or, or just young women, maybe uh, early on in their faith may, may really feel like, oh, it's the right thing for me to go out with this group of girls or to, Mm -hmm go to this mops group or to whatever, go get drinks with this group of people with the goal of speaking the truth. But then all of a sudden they're wrapped up in the sins that those people are participating in, whether it be, you know, gossip or slander or bad mouthing your kids or um, drunkenness or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, that that's, if you have to sin in order to do it, that's not what that meant. That's not what God meant. And, and I was going to say that I thought about the verse, um, that is quoted in, um, I don't know the original it's in the old Testament. You should be holy for I am holy, but it's mm. quoted again. First Peter one. Oh my 15, gosh. I was 16. thinking about that too. Just, just thinking about our conversation. I was like the Lord, you know, people want to talk about yeah. being all things to all people, which is true. Um, when done correctly, but then also, you know, being holy for God is holy. Like right. he tells us to do that as well. So, right. Well, yeah. and, and just how, you know, knowing that God does not contradict himself. His word therefore does not contradict itself. So if you see in multiple references in scripture to the command in the old Testament, be holy for I am holy. And how, if we understand, if we, if you've read the old Testament and you see all of the, the purity laws and the mosaic law and the requirements for, you know, I mean, women menstruating, like all of these, all of these holiness and cleanliness and purity standards, which were meant to show them and to demonstrate this is the, the like, this is the God that you're dealing with and mm-hmm. to set them apart from those around them mm-hmm. was meant to show that they were different, to keep them separate, to keep them and holy means set apart. And so if the Bible both says that and says, um, Paul says that he became all things that, um, I might, why do I keep, <laughs> um, becoming all things to all people that by all means I might save one. Mm-hmm. Those two things do not contradict each other. Right. It, he is not contradicting the verse that says, be holy for I am holy. Right. Because he is not setting aside the reality that he is set apart, that he is in Christ, that he is uh, a new creation. He is not, um, putting that on, he's not pressing pause on mm-hmm. that reality in order to go and 
you know, joke around with some guys and make dirty jokes just to kind of show him that he's one of the men, one of the guys, one of the bros. Like he's not, he's not doing that. No, he's, he's trying to say, um, you know, communicate in a way that is winning. Like, don't, you know, don't be haughty. Don't be proud. Don't be Mm -hmm. boastful. Don't be arrogant. Don't use your knowledge to lord it over other people. Don't approach people from an air of superiority Mm -hmm. and, well, I'm over here as one mm-hmm. who's been saved and made new and you're over there a dirty sinner. You right. Know, right. The reality is that without Christ, we've all sinned and fallen short. So we right. should be the most humble when we are sharing the truth of people and the most willing to, you know, I just think about times where I've shared with people who I, I knew were not Christians or mm-hmm. still are not Christians. I, I look for every opportunity I can to share parts of my own testimony that show mm-hmm. that, look, I am. I am just as much in need of this message as you are. And I want you to, I want you to see that I'm not coming to you as someone who thinks I'm better or more righteous or more worthy or desire, you know, like more worthy of this gift. No, I'm telling you, I, I'm not Mm. worthy. Christ is worthy. And I'm, I want to share the good news that you don't have to work. You don't have to try and earn your way. You can't, you're hopeless. Like without Christ, you cannot achieve righteousness you cannot achieve that satisfaction and peace that you're searching for through all these other means Mm -hmm. and here's some ways that i did that in my past even Mm -hmm. even as a christian i've done that you know here's some ways that i walked away and pursued Mm -hmm. other things you know lesser loves like Mm -hmm. that's what i that's what i think is meant here by become all things all people like seek to win them right don't you know don't lord your knowledge or your status or your new found freedom over them but but invite them in, which means you first kind of have to become one of them. Like you were saying with, come on, show them how, show them the similarities. Like you were saying with your students, like where you're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I understand what you're going through. And I've been through that. Or Mm -hmm. like, I know the language. I know the, uh, I I know how to kind of show you I'm, I'm familiar. I'm not a stranger. I'm not an outsider in that sense. In that sense. Yeah. I think a good example, um, as far as that tension that might be created for some between the being all things to all people and then God saying be holy for I am holy I think that just is embodied in Christ himself the fact that he condescended right to you know dwell among us um in flesh and you know just to eat with sinners not to sin with them though because you know people will say that's the first thing Jesus ate with sinners well no they wouldn't say that they would say Jesus was friends with sinners or something like that. They will put yeah. that, they were twisted in some way. And then we mm-hmm. know that Jesus didn't even call the people following him, his, his friends until they had shown, you know, their test, mm-hmm. their faith had been tested, shown that they were truly going to follow him. And I think um, just, I think for all things, when it's part, when I first, when I was first converted, I'll put it that way. When I was first converted, I think the thing that helped me reconcile a lot of the issues I had with things in society, whether it was, um, I had issues with submission, um, issues with just under, you know, just all those types of things. Yeah. And I looked at Christ and I'm like, okay, so if Jesus who is God and is one with God, you know, like, and then he would, yeah. sub, you know what I mean? If he would yeah. condescend. So 
I'm just a lonely old woman, definitely full of sin. You know, I can, I can, I can humble myself. You I know? think I can condescend. So yeah. I think I can condescend. You know, you know, so, um, and it's crazy because I'm going through this process. I actually just completed it today. So I've been going through the, the name changing process um, after getting married. And it has been crazy, you know. That's quite um, an undertaking. It is, I don't understand why they make it so hard. Um, and I found myself feeling really resentful. I'm like, why do I have to go through all of this? You know, I definitely want my husband's name, but I was just so upset by the inconvenience that the process brought. I'm like, you know, it's not fair. And I was looking at a video on YouTube of a young lady because I was trying to figure out if there an easier way. And one young young lady complained about taking her husband's name because she didn't want to participate in the patriarchy and, oh, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. But I, I'm grateful that I'm not in that in that situation anymore. But I could see how um, even something as small as that, like taking your husband's yeah. name, could be a whole thing. But I'm, I'm grateful in knowing the gospel and knowing that the Lord can, you know, someone, you know, when he was doing his earthly ministry and someone calls him good, and he's like, I'm not good, you know, mm, my God father, heaven, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's just like things like that, and so as much as it was tempting in this process of getting my name changed to try to be resentful, like, why is this that lot? It, I, you know, I had to check myself. Um, <laughs> Cause yeah. it was, it's been such a process. Um, but it, it, it's definitely a, it was showing me my heart, but it shows me just how much I need Christ and how, how much we have to rely on the gospel, the truth mm-hmm. of, of Christ coming and what he did. And he, he's so relatable in so many ways. Um, just looking at, you know, Joseph had to adopt him. So for those who might be dealing with feelings of rejection because they were adopted and mm-hmm. um, just little things like that. I just, yeah. I always have to look to the gospel. I look to the the life of Christ to help me see mm-hmm. how he is all, you know, he embodies yeah. all being all things to all people, yet being holy for God is holy because he never for sinned. Sure. You know right, what I mean? Right. So yes. I just, I, I, I would hope that a lot of people, especially young people, just, you know, working in a high school right now and um, seeing, seeing how much um, kids can influence one another. I was taking the Metro, um, to, I took the Metro to work yesterday. Um, that's what we call it. Well, here yeah. in, D, in the area. I used to um, live in Rockville, okay. Maryland. So oh, cool. Cool. Right yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I took the, took the Metro from, um, I forget which station, but it was in, in Montgomery County. And smooth ride all the way through until I got into DC. And I get get off at my stop and like 30 kids are like just jumping the turnstile. Like, I mean, they don't turn anymore. They open. I don't know what they're called now, but they're jump. They're not paying their fare. And it seems like we're all just kind of milling through. No one's really like making a fuss about it. And the the officers, the, the, the station managers, they're not saying anything. And I'm a little bothered, but I'm like, I don't want to be a Karen, not in the sense of like fearing man, but more so in the sense of like, what exactly am I going to do to help the situation if the station manager isn't saying anything? But I wanted to get to the heart of it. I I didn't want to just say, hey, you didn't pay your fare. You got to make it higher for everyone else. And so I happened to stop by Chick-fil-A to get something to eat for get some breakfast. And it, three of the three of the young men who jumped the turnstile were there waiting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see them until I turned around. And I went, oh, and I just felt this strong like urge to say something to them. And I said, hey, get, tell me this. I said, so <laughs> I said, good morning, by the way. And I was, you know, very pleasant. They're like seven feet tall, and I'm just oh this God. little lady. And I'm like, um, I just want to know, and I asked this respectfully why did you all feel like it was okay to jump the turnstile or did you think it was okay? Like, do you do it because your friends are doing it or do you just not see it being a problem? 
And one young man goes, I don't see the problem. I said, oh, okay. And I didn't say anything in either direction. I said, oh, okay. I said, um, oh, and then I looked at the, another young man. He had a strong facial expression. I said, you have a very strong um, expression. Is, you know, is there anything you want to share? Like, I just want to get into your minds. I'm a teacher, by the way. I'm not trying to be, you know, in your business. I just want to understand what yeah. motivates you to do these types of things. And these, these young men were all African-American um, young men. And I said, you know, I'm thinking about the whole Black Lives Matter thing. And I said, so you know, just tell me this. I mean, gr- granted, you should not be shot for jumping a turnstile at a, at a train station, but because you're doing something you're not supposed to do, and if someone is trying to enforce the rules and it escalates and something happens to you, how do you feel about mothers and daughters and friends crying in the streets for you and screaming Black Lives Matter and, you know, justice for this person when all you had to do was just not jump? You know what I mean? Again, mm. not saying that they deserve, sure. a, no. you know, that type of, you know, but I, right. I wanted them to, to think about how the impact it has on the community yeah, too. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and their so, reputation. Right. Exactly. I'm like you, these little things, you know, can escalate. And um, the same young man who goes, he didn't see a problem. He goes, oh, I can understand where you're coming from. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. And I'm just oh like, gosh. you know, and, and, and in, in my, I told my husband about it, but in my having that conversation with them, I wanted to be at a level. Cause again, they were like so tall right. <laughs> and it was like three of them. And I was like, I don't want anyone following me to work after this. I just wanted, yeah, to, I just yeah. wanted to ask the question, but I just wanted to know, like my heart was just like, help me understand where you're coming from. I get kids will be kids, but someone has to be there to, rear yeah. them in the right direction you know what I mean and yeah. I just didn't I just and if I their mother's not going to do it and that, right <laughs> <laughs> exactly and I'm like I just can't sit by and that's back here boy <laughs> exactly and that's the reason why I do the work that I do because I mm-hmm. you know not that I am trying to usurp the authority of the parents or anything like that but I can just see how in those I've been in that environment where sometimes parents are just not readily available because they're working so many jobs to yeah. just, you know, keep things afloat. Yeah. So things can go in, you know, missing through the cracks. And so teachers and other adults in the community, you know, you know, healthy sound folks can kind of come in and just drop those little nuggets of, you yeah. know, wisdom here and there, sure. but they were very pleasant. I wish them, you know, wow. I said that they had, a, you know, have a great day and things like that. And of course, you know, I would have loved to be, you know, let's turn this into a gospel opportunity, but I wanted it to kind of like come about organically, but I was really just, trying to plant that seed of okay first let's talk about decisions you make and why you make them and where are you coming mm-hmm. from with that but having that conversation and even though you know at the time it wasn't at that place of sharing the gospel just yeah. so rocking their shoe yeah, yeah just sitting people down and just trying to you know even though they were like this tall and I'm here I felt like there was a moment where we're like we're you know eye to eye like Let's talk yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, when Paul talks about, um, you know, how you were saying that the tone and don't lord it over people and don't, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think that's why Karen, so, so to speak, will get in trouble because sometimes they come across as you broke Wagging a rule. The finger. Yeah. yeah, you broke a rule. And I'm going to tell. And while she's not incorrect or he even, there could be men, um, while this rule enforcer is not incorrect their approach could be off-putting, you know? Right. My final sponsor of today is Cornerstone Curriculum. Now is the time to start thinking about curriculum for this fall. And this sponsor is going to make your decisions around what you teach your children in regards to biblical worldview incredibly simple. 
I completed their four-year program, Worldviews of the Western World, in high school. And they have many other resources available for students of all ages. This is not only for homeschool families, although it is perfect if you do homeschool. Um, even if your kids are in a private or a public school, they have resources for you. They have a Answers for Difficult Days Bible Study, Starting Points Worldviews Primer, video series, so much more. Check out their website at cornerstonecurriculum.com and be sure to use the coupon code KINDLED for 5% off. That's KINDLED for 5% off and visit their website at cornerstonecurriculum.com. Yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think like what you said at the outset of we see this demonstrated by Christ is, is, you know, nail on the head right there. And so many situations and so many stories in, in scripture where we see Jesus moving towards people mm-hmm. in a way that goes completely against what everyone expects. Mm-hmm. Like I think of the woman at the well um, mm-hmm. in Samaria and yeah. he was a Jewish man shouldn't have even been going that way. Shouldn't have even been going there that route. He, he intentionally took that route. There was another way he took that route, um, to wherever he was going. I forget, but I mean, they were so, you know, it was so shocking. And so Mm -hmm. not, you know, it wasn't really like quote unquote appropriate in the sense that a Jewish, a Jewish man, much less a rabbi, a teacher, much less the very son of God, the Messiah would, would come to this woman and, and tell her, you know, where's your husband? Ask her, where's your husband? Which he knew she didn't have a husband and, and none of the five men that she had been living with were her husband, you know, at, mm-hmm. at any point. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just the, but, but he cuts to the heart. He gets yeah. to the heart of the issue and the matter. And she, it's evident that it, that it is effective because she goes back to her home and is mm-hmm. like, come and see the man who told me everything I ever yeah, did. Yeah, she yeah. believes she sees that you are the Messiah. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's no way, not only because of your knowledge, but she also is seen and in, in her humanity feels cared for. Cause if you mm-hmm. didn't feel, if you didn't come away with that, you probably wouldn't be real excited to go and introduce people to that person. Right. 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 But she came away <laughs> feeling not only, you know, known, but loved and, loved, yeah. and, um, and, and by someone who actually called out her sin and told right. her yeah. the truth, like you did yeah. to those boys. Like it, it, he didn't, he didn't say, well, because, you know, the man you are now with is not your husband. I am going to change what the law says. And I'm going right. to say, um, it's okay now for right. anyone to live with anyone. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, let's yeah. just, let's go ahead and, and muddle that one because mm-hmm. it's a little harsh and <laughs> I don't want you to feel unloved by this. So, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I've got the tone police over here. I got to make sure and, and really just water it down to your level. No, he didn't do that. He just, he called her out of that, but also in a, in a loving way. And it was mm-hmm. evident that it was loving because he even went there. He was at mm-hmm. the well and asked her for a drink. And she's like, mm-hmm. who are you, who are you, you know, yeah. asking yeah. me for a drink? Like you shouldn't even be talking to me, let alone right. asking me to give you water, you know? And right. anyway, I just love, you see the, you see the heart there of Christ. Yeah. Like you see that he, he truly did love her. But love looked like not allowing her, not just saying it was fine for her to continue in the way she had been going. Mm -hmm. Love actually meant calling her to the truth and offering her living water, which required a response. And Mm -hmm. her response was clear that she, she wanted it. She wanted that. And she accepted that over going back to the life of sin that she was living Mm -hmm. in. So, I mean, Yeah. yeah, I think we just see Christ 
do that over and over in scripture, um, embody both being holy and set apart, mm-hmm. but also loving people. And, mm-hmm. and there's no conflict. There's right. coming right. all things, you know, there's no conflict there. So mm-hmm. what are a couple of the ways that we see this being misused in, in the culture right now? Because I know there are many areas where we <sighs> see Christians really misunderstanding this and I'm totally getting off track. I would even say that it can be misused in the sense of being in the midst of individuals while they sin, even if you don't partake, right? Mm -hmm. And just some people believe that, okay, my being here um, is necessary for them to get the truth or for them to see a better way. But someone is like clearly robbing the bank and you're, and you're in the getaway car with them. And you think <laughs> like, you think you're at that point, that's when the bad company corrupts thing comes, comes down uh-huh. the pike because yeah, you didn't do anything, but you're an accomplisher with them. So when, you know, they get caught, the police aren't going to say, you know, did yeah. you, well, I was just here to be all things to all people. Like, no, you were an accomplice or you were yeah. whatever the case yeah. may be. Um, so I think there's that, there's that element of, becoming cor- cor- corrupt, I guess you could say, based on the company that you keep. Um, so we might see it play out that way, especially among the, unfortunately for me, I saw it uh, in a, a lot in the Christian, was it CHH, Christian hip hop community. Um, I, I That dynamic of wanting to bring music that people who love hip hop can listen to, mm-hmm. but feeling like you have to embody the cult, the, the whole of the culture of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, in the beginning may have started off with a positive intention, but had more about upliftment and things like that. And it's just since, and a lot of people who are truly hip hop fans would not call what, what rap is now hip hop, but some people conflate the two. And so you yeah. now see a lot of Christian hip hop artists taking on the, I guess the ways and the culture of secular hip hop. So yeah. boasting, even if it's just a matter of like boasting in their songs, like they're supposed to be elevating Christ and they're elevating themselves. And even well, if, well like he that. didn't, yeah. Like, well, I don't curse. Like, but you don't have to curse to still right. be, you know what I mean? So. That's like, that's like moralism. Like just <laughs> right. because you're not saying a bad word, like your heart doesn't matter. Like I right. think that's looking at yeah. the heart. The heart. Yeah. And so just seeing that type of, that type of thing play out. And then, yeah, like just going back to the Lecrae thing, he would be the first, I think he and Andy Minio were the first two that I saw, like just rip that that passage to shreds being all things all people being all things to all people mm-hmm. and i remember once there was a situation where andy minio i guess he took his wife to a beyonce concert or something mm-hmm. and he posted it on on uh instagram and because of the the, the piece i'd done on lecrae people were like oh if you if you think what lecrae is doing is bad look at what andy minio is doing and mm-hmm. i think people were shocked that i was like you know that's his business i don't think it was wise to post online because he might, he might not be, how, how, can I, how can I put it? I'm thinking about the meat sacrifice to idols kind of thing where yeah. like there are some who have a conscience that's just weak and they're like, that sure. was sacrificed on the altar to a, to a, to a false God. And so I will not partake in the, and that's fine if that's where they're at. But then there are some people who are like, eh, whatever, we know the false gods are not actual gods. So nothing right. really happened to the meat. Um, I have my thoughts about Beyonce. I don't agree with a lot of what she does. I don't agree with every, you know, how she presents herself and all of that. But I can see how some people might be able to listen to some of what she sings and not like 
you know, no. stumble, if that makes any sense. And if that's where he wanted to take his wife, I really feel like that was, that's just me. I just felt like that was his business. He had the liberty, I should say, to do that, sure. even uh-huh. if it may not have been beneficial. Right. But he posted it for weaker Christians to see. And so as I see people like him, Lecrae, speaking about being all things to all people in the process, they're also throwing all these stumbling blocks at, at the feet of mostly mm new and immature believers that's mostly their fan base i don't know a lot of really strong believers and mature believers that are like following them like that that i know of right um so a lot of them are young kids and they're still trying to figure things out and they're just confusing yeah Yeah. they're just throwing all these stumbling blocks or you know the social justice stuff that lecrae got into to the point of you know promoting pro-abortion candidates and all of that and it's just like you know and, and, then, and then now we see, like, we, we see why it's, you know, this, this, um, we see how this verse is not meant to be used. It's not right. meant to be used to just, um, you know, try and appeal to the lowest common, common denominator. And right. because look what has happened. He yeah. Lecrae has actually been drawn away from the true faith. Yes. Not, yeah. He has yeah. not pulled all that big weight behind him of all his thousands and millions of fans mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of fans he has not pulled them into a better place they've pulled right. him into a worse so, place uh-huh yeah because he has yeah. fed off of their well you know like the the dan kathy thing the chick-fil-a when he shined lecrae's shoes oh, you yeah. know like he <laughs> that um the just thinking episode they talk about how lecrae actually says that that was a pivotal moment for him when he realized that he wanted to abandon the label of Christian. And, and that was like a a pivotal moment when Dan did that, that really showed him, he wanted to start calling into question some of his beliefs, like, because one man sinned, Dan Kathy sinned by shining his shoes and, and, and basically like, that was just what a work of righteousness. It was right. Exactly. Like it it meant nothing. Like, yeah, it was just a a virtue signal. That's all it was. So that means it's rooted in pride fear of man, love of self. You are not doing anything that honors God. You are doing that for the accolades and applause of man. That's why Mm. you did that Dan Kathy or fear or guilt, which again, there's no guilt for those who are in Christ. Like Christ, did you own slaves, Dan Kathy? Like, I know. (laughs) Good Lord. It's funny funny how that sin, that sin led to Lecrae being justified in his own mind to sin even further and go and further God. away from God's word. It's yeah. just look at yeah. how, wow, one person sinning in the name of love actually doesn't call anyone right. to righteousness. Right, right. Oh it gosh. makes me think about the whole Beth Moore situation because, you know, most people who, who I guess, you know, go to bat for her would say she's very loving, you know, and that, and I think that's the, that's the, what word do I want to use? That's the conundrum that we find ourselves in, in our fallen state, right? We go to extremes. Either we're going to be, you know, what we think is love, or we're going to be super compassionate, if you will, to the point of we just allow people to just get away with whatever in the name of love, or we're super, you know, legalistic, and we're just hammering things down on people. Sure. And it's like, it will be, and I'm not saying this is the case for all of us, I'm, uh, as far as uh, Christians, but I'm just saying that human nature tends to do that. And I noticed that now with the feminist movement, the social justice movement, um, whatever the case may be, there might right. be a grain of truth in certain things that they may say, sure. but they've yeah. pushed it so far 
to the yeah. left that you can't even like can't even stomach it and right. I, I, it, it puts me in the mind of um i'm in the middle of writing a piece on Thabiti Anyabile. i'm not sure if you've heard uh-huh. of him yes I have. and um i should have written it a long time ago but i was i was struggling with knowing how to just encompass everything that i was seeing but i feel like he's done a really good job of doing that for me and i'm just going to re- regurgitate what he's been doing but I would I definitely need to listen to the just thinking episode about destructing because he I noticed some similar patterns with the BD that I saw with Lecrae like first mm-hmm. there's this desire to to just loosen anything from like the Christian label I think Beth Moore kind of did something similar with uh I don't yeah. think she actually said she didn't want to be be considered a complementarian well she did she, leave oh yeah you're right she, okay. and yeah and then she left yeah she and, and then this word with evangelical you know people are taking um terms that actually have a biblical basis and not wanting to have anything to do with them anymore oh mm-hmm. i don't want to be called an evangelical because they're right. nationalistic i don't want to be called a christian because like no actually that's what you should be called and if you sincerely see a problem with people who have that label as well call out those people don't let right. go of the label like it makes no sense so and, and i hate the fact that we will see <clears throat> at some point where there are believers those who will call themselves christian now who will eventually say, I don't want to be called Christian at all, but still will, will push, you know, yes. some type of double-mindedness yes. to say that they're still, but they're still Christian at heart or something like, no, yeah. oh, I just know what you Jesus. Say. Yeah. And you know, like Jesus tells us very clearly, like what, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So if you actually can put the words together that you don't want the Christian label in whatever context, I, I feel like we, we're supposed to wear that as a badge everywhere. Um, and the, the, you know, when the cray first, oh, I'm not a Christian rapper. It's like, but you are, um, aren't you, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's okay. You're, you're not a Christian rapper. Then it's like, oh, well now he's, I don't go to church. I feel like you can just do church. And yeah. the fact that there are people still going to bat and defending him, is just like, what's the one? <laughs> right. I, but, right. Right. Like, but you, that's, you know, but Steven? that's his, that's his target audience. So, you know, yeah. for yeah. them, for them the you know, the draw is like, oh, well, he's just this great guy because he doesn't cuss in his music and he loves right. God. He loves Jesus. And he's said the words God and Jesus at one point. Right. And, <laughs> and therefore he's a better option than outcast or right. Lil right. Wayne or right. whatever. Right. I don't know. It's, it's so silly. It's, it's crazy. Insane. But yeah, we, we've seen that a lot. Definitely with that group that's the Christian hip hop group. I think sometimes when you when you're dealing with youth ministries and things like that, that can get a little murky. Anything a lot of times revolving around the youth, that's where people tend to get mm-hmm. weird with the all things to all people. Yeah. Um, I just find that so interesting. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, where the where that audience, Lecrae's audience is like pulling him away uh, because there's no accountability. There's just, you know, right. they're babes in the faith if, if they're even actually in the faith their babes at best and they don't know a lot and so they're going right. to speak like babes and he who should be preaching and teaching by now is yeah. adopting their language you know he's drinking the, milk yeah he should go like like and then it's sour yeah you know yeah. <laughs> you know it's like what yeah. are you doing Let me, you know so you left that but, sippy cup out the fridge all you night left the sippy cup. <laughs> <laughs> it is curdled <laughs> It is curdled. Dump it, it in the curdled. sink. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, it grieves me to be honest. I know, you know, we're laughing, but um, yeah. of course not at him, but just at the dynamic of how people, how we make our minds make sense of this. It, it's just, it's just evidence that 
yeah you know there's none there's none righteous like all have gone astray that's just the Mm -hmm. sign of that um so we all should be checking ourselves every day that's another element of being all things to all people we should be willing to examine ourselves every day why am i doing this what are my motives for this and if you know that you're you're not strong enough to go into a particular crowd to be quote unquote all things don't go and i think that's the dynamic that i saw around the the blm um uh, marches a couple summers ago when people, oh i'm gonna well why can't i as a christian go down to the marches and march as well because i can be a ch- how when or are you actually going to go out there and pass out tracks and share the gospel or are you going to be raising your fist with the people you know what i mean with transgender people or people right. fighting for the right for tra- you know what i mean so yeah. i'm like yeah we have freedom in christ to do those things to go down to a protest okay but really look at your motives for going and and yeah. what do you know that you're you're sincerely going to do when you get there yeah. i know that that will be too much for me um i know that i can't deal with um in, when i can tell that someone is intentionally lying like you know when some people don't know better that's one thing but when people who should know better are speaking to me and they're just throwing these untruths my way it boils my blood and so i can't go because i'll yeah. say the wrong thing so i know i'm yeah. weak in that area so i'm not going to a protest to pass out tracks i'm just not doing yeah. it you know yeah. yeah but if you're someone who can do that great but a lot of people actually i don't want to say they aren't but actually a lot of people who say they're going to do it are not doing it you know what right. i mean and i think like i mean i was just looking at the the verses right after the verse we've been talking about um in verse 26 of chapter 9 first corinthians he says Paul says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Mm. And I think that's what we see in so many of these examples we're talking about is when you abandon the truth for when you elevate becoming like someone or becoming whatever that group or that individual is over the truth of God's word it is aimless. You have mm-hmm. now lost your aim. You've lost the goal, which is to win the race, to win mm-hmm. the prize so that you may obtain it so that you may, as he says in verse 23, do everything for the sake of the gospel that you may share with them and its blessings. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are not sharing the actual gospel with someone, the actual truth that will offend those who are perishing, that is a stench to those who are perishing and a sweet perfume to those who are being saved. Mm-hmm you if you lose that you are aimless you have no goal anymore it's just now to be liked and have friends and to be welcomed in and to Mm -hmm. maybe feel it feel loving by another standard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well those people said that i'm so loving of a christian they've never met a christian who's so accepting of them and Mm -hmm. i really like how that feels i really like to be called that so now i'm going to elevate their definition and their you know accolades and, and their view of me being loving over Mm. what God says is loving, which is sharing the truth in love. Yeah. And so if you're not, it's almost like it's an easier way to, I mean, we all get that. Like it's, it's attractive. Who doesn't want to be said, right. Good things of you, you know, right. right. Wow. You're just so, oh my gosh, I've never met a Christian like you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not supposed to it be. Je- it Jesus like tells that. us that. Be right. like, if when when the world loves you, you need to watch out. You need for to sure. watch out. And so, yeah, I think I think there's a such thing as, of course, you know, 
Paul talks about this too, I believe it's in Romans, when he talks about um, be at peace, you know, as much as it depends on you with all, at, with yeah. all means, as much as it depends on you. Mm-hmm. But that's just more so like, you know, basic everyday life type things. Don't just yeah. be, you know, be a jerk just for the sake of it or anything like that. Right, and seek but to restore relationships. Exactly. Right. Um, but if you must offend anyone, let it be because of the gospel. Let it be because right. you're living a godly life, not because you are being, right. you know, a jerk, you know, right. A jerk. right. And so I think... Um, I don't know. It's just, it is, it's tricky. And it goes back to how we are to, um, we're studying the word, but we're, we have to have a balanced view and it is a consistent or a constant, I should say, tight rope walk, not because the word is inconsistent, but we, our flesh is just all over the place. And unless we, you know, um, submit to the truth of Christ, submit to, the guidance of the Holy spirit, you know, of course, uh, right. per God's word, we're just going to fall off that type rope. But we'll, I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I see so much compromise. Just, of course, just the research I've been doing on the Beatty, just seeing how he'll say one thing one day, he'll say something else the next. I'm just like, this man looks, he sounds so double-minded. Mm-hmm. He sounds so, and I feel so bad for him. I feel, I sincerely do. I feel He's really bad, bad. maybe battling the flesh. For, yeah. In and front it's like, of people for them front, to see. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's where, that's where I, you know, go with the blog. It's like what they're doing behind closed doors. It's like, okay, I've had people, I've written things about um, certain pastors or preachers or whoever, whomever, and someone will send me something and go, did you know this about them? I don't need to share it. I'm not a gossip rag, you know? So I'm like, have you shared this with their church? You know, because that's mm-hmm. who should be dealing with them. I'm looking at what's going out there publicly because so many, especially young Christians are, you know, or people who profess to be young, uh, profess to be Christians are sure. leaving the church. Um, and so it's, I hope to use the block to kind of redirect them, you know, back prayerfully. Yeah. Um, it's ultimately the Lord's work. So, you know, what they do is what they do, but I, I just, I know where I was, of course, being all things, I mean, I knew, I know where I was when I was lost and didn't know the truth and, and I, but I wanted to know it, but people, I, I mostly found people that were very harsh and judgmental. And though I could hear the truth, it, I never wanted to deal with those people again. So I'm like, okay, yeah, for thanks sure. for the yeah. tip, but that was a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. So I guess it requires a lot of discernment, like you said, uh, and yeah. And this is where I think we, we need to remember that we are not, it is not on us mm-hmm. alone without God's help to figure this out. Like we have the Holy spirit. Like you mentioned, we have a helper, we have his word, Amen. we have prayer, we have, you know, I mean, Jesus interceding for us. Like we have everything that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it requires humility. So it's mm-hmm. not that, you know, I, we're certainly not saying it's easy. We're not saying that it's always clear. Mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to mess up. Sometimes you're mm-hmm. going to get it wrong and go, okay, I really shouldn't have gone right. to that thing. That was yeah. not a place I want to go again. And yeah. now I know, and yeah. God, you know, help me to use better discernment next time and be more wise and maybe seek for an opportunity, you know, give me an opportunity to, to redeem that experience with, by sharing mm-hmm. the truth with those people. If I didn't get to yet, or if I let fear of man win, like, it, it's not like we're saying you have to be perfect, but there is, you know, what, what we are trying to express is that there is clearly, clearly definitely a right and a wrong way to interpret and then live this out. Mm -hmm. And, and just to encourage people to stay on guard against, you know, um, getting deceived by those who are saying, this is what it looks like. It means changing the gospel, changing God's Mm -hmm. word. It means 
questioning or deconstructing your belief, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that God's word can't stand up to your questions. It mm-hmm. can, it can, it's that when you are asking questions in order to, with the, with the motive with of the motive. not arriving at an answer and not looking mm-hmm. for the answer, but just asking so that you can tear down. Right. It's different. That's different. Right. That's, that's not, right. that's not seeking wisdom and, and asking, you know, the Bible and, and God through the Holy spirit to reveal truth to you. That is basically allowing the devil to, um, you know, introduce doubt and, and basically question God for the sake right. of drawing you away. So, yeah. 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 Well, I could talk to you all day, but <laughs> man, this has been so good. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing. Where can people find your blog all day um, or yeah. all your um, articles? Yeah, they can find me at truthandfire.com. So that's where I am. And uh, okay. hopefully I'll get something new up soon. Uh, hopefully the BD article, but if not, uh, something soon. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Man, yeah. well, I appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing with the Kindle audience today. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you haven't left a rating and review, I would love for you to do that. You can scroll down in this episode's show notes, and those are linked for your convenience. And uh, I will see you inside Firestarters if you are in there. I'll see you on Friday. And if not, I will catch you next Monday. Bye.